live audience and everyone else listening to episode two of the Euphoria podcast. Today, I have Zef with me. Zef, say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Gang, gang. And uh, gang, gang. I just want to jump right into the first question. Zef, what, what does your name Zef mean? Well, my name is, my full name is Zephyrus. Right. I'm named after the god of the West Wind in ancient Greece. The god so, of the West Wind in ancient Greece? Yes. Wow, you're so cute. <laughs> thank so, you, thank you. You live in D.C., correct? For school, but I'm from Tampa, Florida. Okay, yeah, you're from Tampa, but you're going to school in D.C. How long yeah. have you been going to school there? Um, Since 2018, fall of 2018. So you've already been through your first year. Yes, I'm a sophomore. How is it in DC? It's kind of fun. It's um, a lot of tr uh, nice exploring, and that's why that's one of the reasons why I came here, just to have four years to explore a new city, and one of the coolest cities in America, of course, and just so I'm not bored in the middle of some crazy town in florida like gainesville like what is that is Hello? it um of course you probably don't know what other college towns are like but do you think that dc is similar to other college towns um well i've i visited boston like three years ago so i have a decent idea of what their college situation is like and I wouldn't say that DC is very similar to Boston. The colleges here are a lot more spread out. You don't really have many colleges directly in downtown DC area, but well, except George Washington, which is a school I attend. Right. Whereas in Boston, you have neighboring schools like right next to each other. MIT and Harvard are extremely close to one another. Uh, Boston University is right across the river from from MIT so they're extremely close in proximity the right um, in metro and walking distance to downtown Boston and it's very easy to explore the Boston area from every one of those colleges and universities right see Abby goes to FSU which is in Tallahassee so I get okay. to go to that college town a lot and it's like it's like another it's it feels like another universe because it's run mostly by like kids like teens well i mean like college to college kids are kids but just to go around and only see people from the ages of like 18 to like 22 is really weird true true do you find the same like in your town in dc well my college isn't really gated or segregated off from downtown. Like, for instance, I'm only six blocks, six or so blocks from the White House, uh, walking distance easily. So I can easily get there and find many working people or um, visitors from out of the, from out of the district. Um, so it's very similar to life in any any life in just 
Tampa or right any other uh, metro area. So I'm not um, really experiencing that um, gated campus life that others are. Now other people experience. Yeah. Um, pod chat is fucking filling up. So <laughs> we're just going to rapid fire some of these so that I don't forget to ask you them later. But um, why is your voice? So it's, you know, Zeph, your voice is very, very... uh. Eccentric, eccentric. <laughs> I couldn't. Well, re asked that first. I'm sure like oh. 20 other people asked the same thing. Okay, but okay. do you understand how good your voice is? Like, you should be, you should do voiceover for things or be a voice actor. You know, of course, the one thing I hate hearing most is my own voice. Right. So, um, like for instance, I had a group project with one of my best friends in high school. Um, who also goes to FSU. And like I was pretty much in charge of the majority of the voiceover because they liked how my voice sounds. And I was it's so confused. Good. I was questioning it. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Why, why, why am I even here? Um, but we aced the project, of course. Um, it's all thanks to your voice, dude. <laughs> it's all thanks to my voice, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I never really understood it. But hey, whatever. Someone, someone asked, Nami asked, "Why are you so quiet? Do you are do you think you're a quiet person?" Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people ask me that question, so I know I'm quiet for sure. Um, I just don't feel like talking all the time. I only really like talking when I feel like I have something important to say. Right. And I want to make every well, mostly every one of my words count. See, that's um, that's what I would have guessed what your answer would be, is that, like, you only really like to talk, firstly, on top, like, things that actually interest you, things that you actually feel like talking about, and something, topics that you feel like you have something, like, worthwhile right. to say about it. So, for instance, in discussions, I'll be probably one of the people who talk the least, because I'm trying, I don't want to just blurt out and say something stupid just to get some credit. Like, I want right. to make sure that I am on point and that I'm pushing discussion forward. See, I feel both of those because I, I am that person who just, like, like I can't stop talking. Whatever, whatever my brain says, I'll just say it, no matter what it is. And I won't remember I said it. But when it comes to certain topics, uh, I kind of feel your side where I, like, I really think out what I'm going to say and I try to make my right. words count. I mean, I feel like everybody does that with things that they feel is important to them. However, that can be kind of a weakness for me sometimes. Um, because sometimes I'll be thinking through a topic. Someone will bring a point up that, okay, I didn't consider before. And now I'm trying to consider this point. While I'm considering this point, um, the topic's already moved on to something else. And now I have to rethink up an answer right. for a new topic. Sometimes being quiet makes you seem like you don't know what you're talking about. Like right. You're thinking, oh, why you got to think so hard about your answer or whatnot. I want the perfect answer. And the perfect answer is not there ever. So it's it's rough. Are you racist but sometimes? Am I racist? Some... Yeah. Are you huh? racist <laughs> sometimes? Oh, no. No? Never? I think you're never. lying to me. 
when you go to the Chinese food place and they're, you know, ching chong bing bong, you don't ever <laughs> see yourself like Man. fucking gooks. No, never? No. <laughs> okay. How does it feel like being server DJ? And do you like anime? Oh, it's true. I'm server DJ. Um, I mean, I didn't expect it because I post my, um, my playlist in the music channel. Almost every month, I'll have a new playlist. Um, for instance, I had the best of show playlist in October. I had a new playlist. I think it was called the rise to power in November, December. I skipped out on the playlist cause no one listened to my November playlist or at least they didn't, they said they, or no one said they did. Right. And then January this month, I have the, um, 2019 R&B playlist, but no one's, no one's come to me and said that they listened to my music, my, um, playlist. Not, I, I didn't create the music of course. Um, and so I'm just wondering where are these votes coming from? Ari like, said that she listened to your November playlist. Well, yeah, Ari and Ri have listened to my November playlist. Um, but you know, people in the chat have not. So True. yeah, I'm just wondering where are these votes coming from? Y'all have not um, listened to my music. Right. I'm trying to avoid questions about music and politics right now because those two topics i think is what the bulk of this podcast is going to be about so we'll get back to that uh, a good question from ari is how did not only you but me as well get into being part of euphoria and getting close to us so i'm guessing she, by us she means her and re okay um well first well, we were part. I was part of LilyPad, which is our gang, little private gang. server. Lily yeah, Pad gang, gang. If you weren't day ones, leave. Mm, that's right. You're getting um, banned. If you were day <laughs> ones, you're getting banned right after this podcast. Absolutely. Sure listen to it first, though. On and let Spotify us know. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us know. Make sure you give us five stars on five stars. Uh, all platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, you're getting banned absolutely we'll take your money and ban you that's exactly. that's our motto um so how did i become part of euphoria so i think yeah they started euphoria the day before they invited me i was the fourth member to join i believe i don't know who the third one was but i mean here i am <laughs> um but further down the line they were doing admin interviews. At the time I was starting college, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be an admin. Like, I'm just gonna be chilling here. You know, Cheeto and Danny are having applied and, um, you know, Chris is going to go through the interview, whatever. They're all gonna be admins. Um, well, look where they are now, but. Look where they so, are now. day one, you're the only one that's made it. It's, yeah, so. Even though I was very reluctant to take the interview, I was like, you know what, fine. I'm here. Um, might as well do it. It's like on a what Tuesday or Thursday afternoon. I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. One of those days. Right. I had school the next day. So I was very reluctant to do it. And so I did it anyways. They liked my interview. I had the highest score for them. And so I just continued to... Um, to be a supportive admin, but 
I said, I might as well, if I'm going to be admin, I might as well give my all. Right. And so I said to them that I would start creating events for the server. And I wanted to do community night events. And then eventually we'll, we would have it so that we have uh, almost weekly events. So far we haven't really reached that goal, but maybe eventually. Right. Um, Did you ever expect to become head, ad head admin? I didn't expect to be, well, no, I didn't expect to be head admin or anything. Um, I, mean, I didn't expect to be admin when I first joined, so. But after I became an admin, I didn't expect to be promoted in any way. I didn't think there's going to be an, a role just dedicated for the third in line, I guess, third in command. Um, right. But we're all we're all friends. We're all in the inner circle. It's not like I'm too close or too far away. There's no one that I'm pushing out by being here. There's no one I am uh, canceling in terms of their ideas or their support for the server, I believe. So I just want to be here to provide as much support um, and also be a catalyst for other people to send their ideas and information and, and all kinds of help so we can grow the server and make it the best possible server and also the best euphoria because we are the best euphoria that's without a doubt so um two burning questions right now are uh the first one uh this is a quick one are you happy that you got closer to uh ari and re in this without year? question without question of course and the other one is are you in fact a homosexual Wow. Are you a homosexual? No. He is not. I'm sorry, men. I too am disappointed. Zeph is not a homosexual. But ladies, his DMs are open. He's got a big one. I've seen it myself. Um, he'll treat you right. He sure. All queens of all shapes and sizes. As long sure. as you're not too fat or too skinny. We're looking for uh about uh 91 pounds to uh about 160 yeah you know we <coughs> we gotta you know we gotta keep it we gotta filter out every we all know women under 91 pounds aren't real women all right they're, they're oh. just dogs Fe fetus they're just fetuses they're children okay well, yeah open enrollment my dms Course. Yes, he is taking e-girl uh, applications. Bar set really high though, so if you don't think you're good enough, don't come back. Don't don't go into mm. his DMs. Sorry. Yeah, I want some confidence. Actually, I'm ready to switch up on you. No meme. All right, girls are always like, "Oh, I like confidence in guys." Do you feel like it goes the same way for guys? I I don't know what a lot of other guys like, but. I want someone who knows what they like because I'm not here to waste time. True, true. I, I I like confidence, but like you don't have to be as confident as I am because I okay. I I get out there. I get wild. You know. I send pictures of my balls to random people. 
Bree's pretty upset with me because she is 90 pounds. Just gain that one pound. <laughs> gain that one yeah. pound and you'll be you'll be uh, on track for <laughs> for being a real woman. How tall are you, Zeph? Nami asks. I am a six foot. Six foot. Jesus. A tall and you're black, right? Yes. This you're a th- Zeph is a prime king right now. He is <laughs> you're a commodity. You're like you know, in the market, the demand for you is pretty high. The supply, I don't know if the supply is meeting that demand, but Zeph is Yo, a I'm kind of blushing. It's okay. It's okay, King. Hey, if you ever start swinging from the other side, I'm there for you. Mm. All right. Hey, you never know. You know, I got a girlfriend, but she's all right with it. She'll be all right with it. And if she won't, you know, I'm sure we can beat her ass together as a team. Okay. Okay. So, we, I want to keep talking. Um, Your profile picture. Mm. Uh, would you like to explain the significance of your profile picture? Who is it to be, first of all, who is your profile picture? So, my profile picture, to summarize, is Garrus Vicarian from the Mass Effect series. Um, I mean, he's just, he's the coolest character. I think just overall, Almost, he's definitely the most popular character in the Mass Effect series, right. besides maybe the main protagonist, Commander Shepard, him or herself. Um, but to go into more detail, over the summer of 2019, I played through every single Mass Effect game. Well, not probably not literally, but one, two, and three. I didn't play through the DLCs, but I spent Pretty much every time, every uh, evening after work, playing Mass Effect, um, I completed it, and he ended up being my favorite character for a lot of reasons. But there are certain things that kind of st- stuck out to me. Right. Okay. Some of which would be um, just his humble beginnings and his just his ambition i guess but a very humbled ambition like it's it's there but it's not arrogant or cockiness it's right. not i can do it but i want this um it was kind of respectable and then to see him grow and see his talent grow over the series and then also to see him gain his confidence was really something i wanted to see in myself um and then another thing is, so there's an option in Mass Effect, especially in 2 and 3, that you can romance a character. And I picked the female Shepard, female Commander Shepard. You dirty bastard. That's exactly right. Look, I wanted to look at a woman all game, okay? Uh, and- <laughs> I just want to say something funny. Reese said that you speak in essay format. Oh. It's very true. You're really, you're, what is it? You um, you speak well. Oh. Yes. Wow. Thank you. I use. I feel like I used to speak very proper as well, 
and then after leaving high school and becoming a a doo-doo brain grease monkey mechanic, I guess my friend <laughs> decided that <laughs> having good vocabulary and speaking well is uh is not for me. Well, I'll address that in a minute, but I just want to continue with um. Go ahead, you romance. Uh, homophobic xenophile. <laughs> it's, I have a whole alien. I mean, my profile picture that I'm Oh, homophobic. all right, my bad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I picked the female uh, shepherd, and yeah, because I wanted to look at a woman all game, not because I wanted to romance a man. I I didn't really think about that at the time, but when Gary Sakarian came around. In the first hour of the game, of the first game, I was like, okay, I'm romancing this alien. We're going to get down. Okay, uh, all right. This is, yes. And so, unfortunately, I spent the f whole first game trying to figure out how to romance Garrus Vicarian. And it didn't happen because that wasn't an option. You didn't get and the then I find out later that an option. Yeah, it wasn't an option. There were only two characters, and there were the only two characters that you could romance were human. And, well, no, there were three, my bad. There was another alien, but she was kind of whatever. Um, she's Vluchik. She's an Asari. Her name is Lee. Dr. Tassoni. You can search her up. Um, he's all right. But in the second game, the option is there. Um, and I learned that the community pressured them to add that option in after the first game. So then we go through it. And the specific scene, that really made me, like, it almost kind of put a tear down my face. Like, it was that, it was powerful. Um, but it's hard to explain it. So I'll just send it somewhere, maybe in, I don't know, whatever channel after the podcast. I'll give you guys a taste of, right of something nice, something wholesome. Um, and then he just turns into something powerful in the third game. And it's just who I want to be. It's just who I aspire to be personality-wise. Of course, I don't want to be an alien. Right. I don't, you know. Listen, yeah. listen. That's not cringe, all right? Because I feel you. You know who I, you know what fictional character I aspire to be? No meme, it's Naruto. No meme. Oh, true. That shit sounds cringe. But no meme, just just starting from zero, having nothing, having everything against you, <clears throat> and then just having this mentality of like, fuck that, I'm gonna go against, you know, what was my fate, what I was born with, and I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna be who I wanna be. And, uh, I feel like that's a very... Star said, crying a bit. Fuck you guys. Listen, <laughs> whatever. You got uh, who's your guys's fucking uh, role model? Drake? Huh? Question. Oh, yeah, I also want to continue. Um, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, about a couple things that are also um, not something I want to go through, but it's something that's extremely relatable. Trauma is always something like it's that roller coaster ride. It's that thing that really uh brings people together it's always going to be trauma after 9-11 trauma brought the whole country together and so there were things that he went through that were traumatic that put a tear to my eye um 
for instance, his father disowned him after wanting to chase a career path that his father disagreed with. And then he, in the second game, in between the first and second game, he hosted, not hosted, he led a squad of basically vigilantes. And they all died after someone betrayed, someone he trusted betrayed his team. So he has kind of like, kind of a PTSD feeling right. that someone he trusted betrayed everything that he worked for and lived for. And so he spends the whole second game trying to redeem himself. And that mess was like relatable. That mess hurts. It's like, I don't want to go through that. Right. But I want someone who can go through that, who's strong enough to, um, to grow and see and become something powerful. I feel that. I feel that. Just to to grow into something more what you are now. Right. right. Uh, another question. This is a good one. Tits or ass? Which one? Oh my god. Um. Well, I mean, the best answer is what that mouse do. But I'll answer the question. Um, tits. Tits. Are you kidding me? No meme. No meme. I mean, what? it's kind of like hard. I don't. I don't really like both. Like. <laughs> you know what? I see a lot I of can, people I in chat agreeing both. with like, you, and I am confused. Oh. I thought ass was where it was at. Listen, listen, okay. listen. A nice pair of boobs. This is how I see it, right? Nice pair. A nice pair of tits. They're nice, you know. They're. I, I'm not saying oh. that I don't want them, but if I had to choose between, you know, smaller up there and bigger down there, or bigger up there and smaller down there, I'm going for the booty, dude. I don't know, just butt stuff in in general. It just feels weird. You got like feces coming out of there. Nah, I don't really wanna... bro. I, when you get a nice, <laughs> clean, pink butthole, dude, how do you how do you listen? You're not gonna tell me. That when you see a nice, clean, pink, puckering, weaking butthole, that you don't think, you know, that looks kind of looks kind of yummy. I might have uh, to eat the toilet paper off of that. Uh, <laughs> well, Are you saying no? Are you saying no to that? I'm saying no to that. Um, because, well, the nutrients, the some of the best nutrients <laughs> a baby true. can have come from you know a woman's breast but not from <laughs> the other end so, so you're thinking of this as a, a <laughs> you're you preferring tits because you could get nutrients out of them and no, that's of the just an example that's that, just an example is that what you're telling me right now i bet no. you there's nutrients in the butthole you want to try you want to eat that yeah, I will do a scientific test. Which has more nutrients, tit milk or butthole milk? Oh. Feces, right. you know, it helps plants grow. All right, let's next topic, because I don't agree with you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Thank you, chat, for agreeing with me. Here's a good one. Are you afraid of dying? Am I afraid of dying? I mean, occasionally, I'll think of a scenario where I die tomorrow, and... Just randomly, like I don't, I don't even know why I get these things in my head, but whatever. I'm just like, dang, that sucks. 
Like, right. there goes my ambitions, what I want to be, and <laughs> well, what I want to work for. Like, but then I'm thinking, you know what? I might as well just like work to um, to be and live the best that I best life that I can. I'm still looking towards the future. I'm not right. always looking in the now um, and living in the now um, just because of a few daydreams I have, or I guess daymares, if that's a thing. Daymares. Um, day I feel like, are you religious at all? I am, I, I would say I'm agnostic. So like, okay. for me, I may or may not believe in a higher power. I don't know what that higher power is, but it may or may not contribute to uh, the structure of how the world works. Um, yeah, I feel, I, don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'd say, people don't like to say atheist anymore. They like to say agnostic because atheist True. sounds cringe. It but, does. It, I mean, it does. Yeah, it's got a bad connotation with it. Like, similar to the word feminist. No one wants to say they're a feminist anymore. Right. But um, I agree with you on that. See, my outlook, uh, I don't I don't think I'm really afraid of dying. Of course, you'll think about it sometimes and you'll be like, damn, that would suck. You know, like, what if I just got hit by a car right now and it's over? But yeah. I think about it as like, since I don't believe in a higher power, I don't believe uh, there really is any meaning to the lives that we live. The, the meaning to life is what you make of it. Right, right. And honestly, my meaning to life is just to live a good life. Like, uh, work in a field that I enjoy, make the correct decisions to retire from that great career as soon as possible because no matter what you work as work is work you're not gonna love it if you if you my outlook is that you know the thing um if you love what you do it's it won't be work well right if you start doing the thing you love as work at some point it will feel like work so uh, I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm not very afraid of dying because, um, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. If you die, you die, whatever. Uh, life, life is already hard. So, I mean, it's just, you know, that's just the universe. I feel like giving you a pat on the back and saying, good job. You don't have to do anymore. Go to sleep. It's over. The pain is over. Go to sleep. <laughs> Um, yeah, when it's time, it's time. When you're alone at night, are you more afraid of white people or black people? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, are there any black people in the KKK? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, let's just say I'm much more scared of the KKK than a lot of other things. Um, right. you if, if you know, like, <laughs> there's not like. I don't know. Let's just say I I say they're more likely to kill me or whoever than <laughs> than um people who look like me. Maybe. <laughs> hey, you know, statistically I'd argue that you're wrong, but I get Probably. where you're coming from. I get uh, that's from. just more 
psychological. Yeah, not, it's not actual. Of course, statistically, statistics disagree with me. I know, but um, because of proximity crime, people actually are more likely more likely to be killed by someone who looks like them than otherwise. But um, because people um, collect and connect with other people who look like them because of representation. Yeah, it's not um, necessarily that, like, you know, black people are more, are murderers. <laughs> it's right. more that black people tend to hang around more black people. So, of course, mm-hmm. black on black crime is probably more prevalent than white on black crime. Right. Do you think black people are annoying? Uh, No. No. That's a good, good, good answer there. <laughs> <laughs> the offensiveness is for later on. Yeah, we're saving all that for um I want to get through a, a couple more chat questions before we start talking about other things. Um what's better for you, a woman's looks or personality? What is better for me? Yeah. What would you you know this Can is I provide a third thing. answer? This is go right ahead. Go right ahead. Um their ambitions are most important their power their their courage i guess that's part of their personality but i still look at the at at that as something different like i consider that as like an aura of of their um ideas like if you can inspire me that is one of the most important things to me i feel that actually attracted to someone Someone who not only inspires you, but makes, I mean, this, I was going to say the same thing, just in a different words, but yeah, inspires you, makes you want to do better for yourself and for them. Mm. That's, I really resonate with that answer, Zeph. Good answer. Okay. Thank and, you. And uh, the final uh, chat question for now is, where do you plan to live after graduating? After graduating? Yeah. From George Washington University. I do not know. And I've, I want to go to law school. Of course, my uh, my grandparents and my aunts, everyone around me is telling me, you know what, you shouldn't. Like, don't do this. This is bad. My aunt works. My my aunt uh, works as a paralegal, and okay. she is like the number one person telling me not to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I worked at her law firm law firm over the summer as a uh, legal clerk. Just organizing files and creating binders ah, for the lawyers. That's good. That's so, good. Getting in a little uh, experience, little internship. Right. Yeah, it was nice. A paid internship too. Now now I'm like, Ooh. okay, I'm not taking an unpaid I'm not taking an unpaid internship anymore. Forget yeah, the, it's 2020. It's unpaid 2020. internships are a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. It's hard out here in these streets. Absolutely. So, and so is, go ahead, continue. And so while she tries to convince me not to go to law school, I enjoyed my time to an extent. I enjoyed the, working on the cases. Um, and even the lawyers that I worked for were like, don't do this. But I still really enjoy working on those cases. I even spent more time reading the documents, even though I wasn't necessarily asked to. Right. Um, I spent more time reading the documents. Um, than was asked of me 
And so I ended up briefing my aunts on one of the cases that she needed to quickly get on. Um, and I guess I won't go over the details here because I don't think we're allowed to, but right. um, but she really thanked me for that. And then I don't know exactly what prompted it, but I ended up with a bonus at the end of the summer. So, Ooh. so is the uh, the reason why you're going to law school, is it for experience for being a politician in the future, maybe? Um, or do you just want to be a lawyer? The initial goal is lawyer. I don't have any like crazy take over the world plans. Right. Like you're not gonna not, be running not, for president anytime soon. Hell no. That's like the most. That's the worst thing you can do to Would yourself. You even want to be president is <laughs> no, the no. That that's no. like that's, that's a, a job death specifically sentence. that old people take because they don't know any. <laughs> They've become so old. Their brain has deteriorated so much that they don't realize. I have no math. How shitty being president is. Um, well, that was the last question from chat that I'm going to ask you for now. I want to move on to a couple more personal questions, and then we'll get to the big two big topics of the podcast. So, okay. Zeph, you're you're a real gamer. You're a big gamer boy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what was your favorite game of 2019, and what is your most anticipated game for for 2020? Um, so for 2019, uh, the game I thought most about over the course of the year, the game that I enjoyed thoroughly, was Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I didn't play uh -huh. the first Resident Evil 2. I think it came out, what, like in 2002? Um, I played like the first hour of it, but the controls just put me off. And trying to navigate through that police station with fixed cameras <laughs> was just, a, it was just a mess. Like, for my Generation Z brain, like, I couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's really hard being a Zoomer. <laughs> right. Um... So when they remake it, they add incredible sound design and uh, visuals, and also pretty well optimized as well. Like I, I have a 1050 Ti laptop, um, which is even worse than the a normal desktop uh, 1050 Ti, and it could run it at 60 FPS at high settings consistently. And I'm thinking, like, what is this? It looks good, it feels good, and it's scary. Like, and the story was, um, I think it's slightly changed from the original. Um, but I, I watched like a whole documentary series just to prepare for Resident Evil 2. And then after I beat Resident Evil 2 Remake, I continued uh, the documentary series um, until uh, I think the story reaches after Resident Evil 7 ends one of the more recent animated movies. Um, so, I mean, I really enjoyed the game. I really enjoyed the story, the world that it builds. Favorite character, Ada Wong. Of course, on my wish list. Ooh. If any of you find her. Waifu uh, GF? Yeah, absolutely, number one. I will make her my, uh, my number one waifu. 
So, can I, is it safe to say that the new Resident Evil is your most anticipated for 2020? Now? I'd say so, yeah. Ooh. The easiest answer always would be Cyberpunk 2077. Um, See, I, I hear there's a lot of hype around it. I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's mostly because it's from CD Projekt Red, who made Witcher 3. And a lot of people hail that game as the the game of the generation, um, of the console generation. So it's generated a lot of hype, and there was some news recently that they pushed back the game. Some people were mad. Some people don't care. I'm one of those people who don't care because guess what? You're not gonna. They're not gonna lose a single dollar from delaying this game. So I, I they can do whatever they want, in my book. Honestly, as long as the game doesn't release extremely buggy and just flat out terrible and it holds up to the hype, that's all they need to do to maintain their momentum and create a uh, vacuum of wealth. And they'll just be well off forever, just forever. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, Especially when you have Bethesda releasing games, um, they reveal it during the summer. They they release the games on their on their proposed release date, but then they're some of the most buggy games that we've seen in the longest time. For instance, Fallout seventy six. I don't even like no words need to be said to describe that. Watch a mess with that. That would be. Um, so I have a little bit more faith. In CD Projekt Red than a lot of others do, but in terms of Resident Evil Six, I mean Three, I didn't expect them to make Resident Evil Three remake right after Resident Evil Two. I thought they'd go back to um, creating a new storyline again with Resident Evil Eight. Um, but here we are. I'm excited. Never played Resident Evil Three either, and however, I do know the story a little bit from the documentary series. Right. Um, so I'm definitely excited to play as Jill Valentine. Um, I guess I should probably explain the game a little bit more, but I don't want to take too much time to talk about Resident Evil. Well, Lofi, uh, he really wants to know Dishonored 1 or 2. Dishonored 1 or 2. Um, Dishonored 1, I'd say, is the better of the two because of one thing in particular, and that is optimization. Dishonored 2 does not play as smoothly as Dishonored 1 does. There are many parts of the game that are clearly Bethesda, um, aka have very little optimization. Um, and you're just, it's just a mess. It really is. It's so sad to see because otherwise, from other standpoints, I think gameplay-wise, there are a lot of features in Dishonored 2 that really do improve and honestly impress um, compared to even Dishonored 1. But it's just unfortunate that optimization had to ruin that game, really. They they um, fixed it a little bit, but it's still not where it should be on release. So there you go. But Dishonored 1 is smooth. The game, uh, Corvo's awesome. His abilities are I'd argue better than Emily's. Other than Far Reach, I think Far Reach is just the, one of the best abilities in both games. 
so much fun to use. It's like a slingshot. You slingshot yourself across the map. Like, who who doesn't want to do that? Um, and so, yeah. And the story I think is better than Dishonored One. I think the first time I played Dishonored One, I said this story is so predictable. But then I played Dishonored Two and realized I didn't care that much about the story. So I replayed Dishonored One, and I'm like, wait, the story is actually not that bad. So I say Dishonored One wins on most accounts. Yeah, I find myself not really caring about story as much in games these days. I feel that. But uh, let's uh, let's spice it up now, Zeph. Let's get into one of the two big topics that's been on both of our minds. I'll let you choose. You want to start out with music or politics? Um, let's start out with politics. Politics. Let's go, boys. Okay. So. Is there anything, see, I, uh, after work, I came straight home and got ready for the podcast, so I don't know what's happened today. Is there anything crazy that's happened today? I know the impeachment trial is ongoing. Anything? Oh, yeah, the, um, I mean, nothing new and really nothing of importance. We're on day two of the Senate impeachment trial. Um, we all know what the end result is going to be, so I don't right. even bother dealing with that. See, the thing is, though, is that, I mean, of course it's predictable. They need 20 Republicans. <laughs> Please. 20. They're not going to get 20 Republicans. But. They'll be lucky to get one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same but. time, though, there's going to be. You never know because this whole thing of uh, bipartisan. Bipartisanship, right? That's what they call it. Mm -hmm. Uh. A lot of them, a lot of Republicans don't want to be seen as just voting for their party. So I, they might be trying to bet on that along with whatever else. Uh, they might also be trying to bet on the fact that Trump, he's not necessarily that popular in his own party even. Like, I mean, that's kind of not true, but at the same time, there, uh, there's a lot of Republicans that don't like him. And I feel like there's even more that secretly they don't say it, but they don't like him and they would rather him out. I mean, I think you're partially right. Like he's not unpopular in the Republican Party. Right. But if you compare his numbers in the Republican Party to Obama's numbers in the Democratic Party um, during the times of their presidencies, um, there's still a bit of a drastic difference. Right. Um, but... I still think that there is little hope in yeah in, in uh, convicting Trump. So twenty is I'm just not... too big of a number. Do you think <laughs> you think they'll even get the four that they need to get um like witnesses and whatnot, people to come in and testify? Um, that I don't know, but I know that a poll release, and I'm not like incredibly trustworthy of polls these days of course right they fluctuate a lot we've huge seen, margins of error we've seen what happened in 2016 <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah. polls they gotta fix their shit with those yeah um but a poll like pretty much a majority of every base democrat independent republican um once well they believe that all the evidence and witnesses should be called and shown uh in the trial so it's not like Republicans are just sitting there um, letting Trump just 
deny every uh, witness in the Senate. So I don't know. Maybe they'll listen to their constituency and vote based on that. But who knows? I, I have well, no idea. Another big issue with the impeachment trials is that the senators that are actually running have to sit there through these impeachment trials instead of working on their campaigns. <laughs> you know, Warren and Bernie, they're fucking sitting there for 12 hours, <laughs> not allowed to say shit. <laughs> Just dead. They can't work on their campaigns or anything. Do you think maybe the the Republicans might give them the four votes to try and draw it out a little bit more to damage their campaigns? Uh, no, if I'm a Republican, I want Bernie and Warren, one of the two to win. Right. So, no. Wait, why do you say that? Because, okay, they have they have the playbook ready. They have all of, I'm telling you, the awful research is there for both of them. Um, Bernie Sanders, they already have, they already have the, uh, the strategy available. Call him a, a socialist, then call him a communist. Say he's too old, he has a heart, he got a heart attack. Say then that he doesn't represent the Democratic Party, so why do you trust him, right? Because he was an independent for all, almost all of his life. Right. Until okay. he decides to run. I mean, the playbook is there, and it's out in the open, and it's it's clear. But who knows what, I mean, what they really want. I mean, they're already on Twitter. Trump and Trump Jr. both have tweeted support for Bernie Sanders because they're trying to promote the idea that the Democratic Party is rigging it against him already. This is within the past seven days. Right. So it's clear they want him to win. It's clear there is, they're trying to spoil this primary so that he can win, in my opinion. But why, why do they and think, more? why are they so confident that they can beat Bernie? I mean, didn't he pull, I mean, again, polls are not that trustworthy, but he did in 2016 uh, poll better against Hillary in terms of who could beat Trump, did he not? I, I think that's true. However, I don't really trust polls to that extent in um, like nationwide polls, nationwide polls until they are actually nominated. Um, right. Because that's when the parties are going to be going against each other for real, right? You don't have, like, throughout 2016, you didn't see them talking about Hillary much. And you talked, they talked about Hillary a little bit um, on the Republican side, but they mostly attacked Obama. So they were campaigning against the, Ob the Obamas and the Obama coalition, not really Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Right. And what so, were you going to say about why you think they also want? Warren to possibly Warren or Warren? How how do you pronounce her last name, Elizabeth? Warren, Elizabeth Warren. Warren, yeah. Um, I think she's closely aligned with Bernie in some ways. Um, so they can make the of, same argument for both of them. Yeah, even if she says that she's a capitalist, which she does, um, and she is, but I don't think it matters. Um, How do you think the uh, this impeachment trial is going to affect the the campaign as it goes on? Because I feel like, of course, 
the Democratic side can argue like, look, Trump was up for impeachment, even though he didn't get past it didn't get past the Senate. Like it still counts that he got through the House and that, you know, we had to have this trial in the first place. But at the same time, the Republican side can argue the opposite. Like it didn't get past Senate. I mean, this is speaking, of course, um, implying that it's not going to get past Senate, but it seems all but. Uh, it seems the biggest possibility is it's not going to get through Senate. But I was right. saying that the Republicans can argue that since it didn't get through Senate, you know, it was the Democrats just trying to kick him out of office. It was unwarranted. It wasn't right. Blah, blah, blah. How do you think, <clears throat> who do you think this trial is going to benefit most during the elections? I think that the people who want him impeached already have already support uh, the left, and the people who don't want him impeached already support Trump, um, and the people that are in the middle who aren't so sure that that little fluctuation, um, maybe about ten percent of of voters, uh, for those people, I don't know if they even care because I think they're focused more on. Um, certain policies like even foreign policy even though it's not like the most important but recently um trump just killed a war criminal for free so if you know a lot of people said we were going to war with iran um i told my grandparents the moment that iran uh, re quote unquote attacked us i was like this we're not at war because if iran wanted to attack us they would have done much more damage yeah um like it was clear at that moment that Trump just assassinated a war criminal for free. I'm like, if we go into 20, he just made all of all of the Democrats look like fools. If we go into, if they go into 2020, and the economy is the same way it is right now, going into November, it is 2020 already. Um, into November, we are not. Uh, Democrats are not set up to win. Period. Um, and so. This impeachment is not going to have that big of an effect on. I mean, his approval rating hasn't moved. So you think it'll at all? It, you you think it won't benefit anyone really? It'll. It's just kind of being ignored for the yeah. most part. Yeah, I, I feel think, the same. Yeah. I feel like no one really cares. Everyone is more focused on the actual candidates who are running, and I think it's because mostly everyone knows what's going to happen. It's not. They're not going to get the to the twenty Republicans they need for him to be convicted you know mm -hmm. so i agree with you on that point i don't think uh, anyone is really even paying attention or caring what's going on right um we can talk a little more on the iran situation he did kill uh what was his name again do you remember i'm not gonna try to pronounce it but okay. it starts with he killed yes. muhammad jihad <laughs> <laughs> blew that boy up like the 4th of July now a lot of the people that are criticizing him for it are saying it's he was uh he was more than just a terrorist he was actually right. in office in Iran he was you know uh he was an official there second in commands when you yeah when you assassinate a second in command it's a lot different from assassinating um 
fucking Muslim names, dude. Muhammad Jihad <laughs> number two that <laughs> that uh Obama killed. Right. He's so he's so popular. What's his name? How come I can't remember? Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Muhammad Jihad number two. <laughs> right. There's a difference between those two. One was you know just a terrorist basically, and the other one was a second in command, like you said. Right. Um, it sounds like you you're not too upset that he was assassinated. Well, not. I mean, it's a good thing that he was. But you don't seem to think that it was played out wrong. Well, initially I thought it was played out wrong because I'm like, why why did you just openly assassinate the second of commands in Iran? But when I see Iran do very little about it, they caused very little damage. They didn't kill a single American. What are they doing? So I'm, there's clearly there's something behind the scenes happening. Right. Like there's not... If Iran isn't crying, like calling for war right now, there is no way. Like, why wouldn't they be? The second in command just was assassinated. That's true. What? You know, this doesn't just happen. And then they're like, oh, "Okay, we'll bomb a, a <laughs> building or two and not kill any of y'all." And then say um, openly, "Oh, we're not going to retaliate anymore if American doesn't retaliate." What? So you just killed your second in command. What are you doing? <laughs> you don't think there's any chance of anything happening behind the scenes? Maybe them trying to build something up before they go on the attack? Or maybe they're trying to make us think everything is okay? You think that... Do you Are you confident in thinking that, you know, this is just going to be a complete win? We killed their second in command? Uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, a terrorist, and we're not, we're going to get off scot free. I think it's possible. I don't think anything is certain. Right. Nothing but, is certain. But would you bet on it? At this point, I probably would bet on it that we just got away with it for free. All right. That's interesting. And it's, and it's definitely not going to look good for Democrats in 2020 when uh they all were just made to look like fools um yeah. if if this is how it plays out of course yeah if it if it's a free win it's not going to look good for them but do you think that trump planned it that way do you really think that he when he did that he knew it would just be you think he did that with the mindset that this was going to be a free kill that like there would be no <clears throat> no um complications afterward um I can't really answer that. Like I, I, I don't want to make too many judgments without knowing, um, because I, I don't know. I mean, he tweeted that all is well, like right after the attack, or not right after, like three hours after the attack, right? Um, everything about that is just so ridiculous, weird, and crazy. It doesn't make sense. And the dots weren't connecting. It's like, so it's hard to really make any judgments other than the fact, other than maybe we're not at war. Like, um, do you think um, earlier, I mean, later last year when he pulled troops out of Syria, do you think that was a good idea for him? No. No. But I think people have already forgotten about that. Yeah, people definitely already forgot. See, I feel like um, the 
based off of what he did in Syria, pulling the troops out with no notice, just at like, it really seems like he just woke up one day and he was like, you know what, fuck it, we're we're leaving <laughs> Syria. Everybody, pack your bags. We're out. Based on that, I feel like I don't think this was a very planned out thing as well. I think this might be a lucky break. Yeah. That he just again woke up one day said. All right, Muhammad Jihad, you're gone. <laughs> and I think that might actually help him. And if everything goes correctly, it might be a lucky a lucky win for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's possible. Um, but I think there are other foreign policy issues that um, he can be grilled on. It's more about the fact that our allies seem to not really respect us anymore. Um, like people. They aren't really counting on us. Like, I, it doesn't really look good. We want to be at the forefront again. Like, we want to be, at least that's what I hope we want to be. We want to be um, the the leader of the free world. Leaders of yeah. the free world. Um, I want to be a beacon, not a, right. not seen as fool. And so, foreign policy for me in this election is a very big topic that I don't think many people are focusing on. Mm-hmm. All the candidates there talking about healthcare and free this and free that and right. we're gonna give you this and we're gonna give you that and here's a thousand dollars a month, Yang Gang. Yeah, um, sure. I I personally want to hear a lot more on foreign policy because I don't think foreign policy has been handled well in the past, you know, four okay. years. And I would even argue to say that. At times, Obama didn't even handle foreign policy as well as some people would have liked. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, who I end up voting for uh, is their views and what they feel like they're gonna do about foreign policy is gonna play a big role in. Uh, I want to ask you: Is there any topics that you feel similar about? Um, right now. No, like at this point, I don't feel that any of the remaining candidates represent me well enough that I would donate to them or um, go out and be, I'm an independent voter right away. I'm an independent. So I would have to switch parties, right? right. Uh, become a Democrat to vote in the Florida primary, which is closed, the closed primary state meaning an independent cannot vote in the primary. So, and the one I feel strongly enough about that I would like want to do all of that and then spend money uh, donating or anything. So there, no, no one matches, no one has the resume, no one matches the, uh, the policies um, that I would personally look for, so. Do you think there's any hope for someone later on down the line? I'll represent you more. So are you talking about 2024 or? <laughs> I mean, like this 2020, you think there's any hope for any of the remaining candidates to maybe say something or do something that'll make you change sides? Well, it's less about. Oh, I mean, well, okay, I'll support them in the general, but I'm not like voting for them in the primary. But I, I would say that um, it's more about the resume. And less about their what they're trying to sell me. Okay. More about what they've already done. And so far, there's not really anyone that impresses me 
enough. Yes. That would make me think, okay. That's smart. Back- so you're, you're looking deeper. You're not looking at their campaign. You're looking at what they've done before their campaign. Mm-hmm. You want to focus in on that. That's a smart way to look at it. And there's no one talented enough on the debate stage either. I want someone who can who can <laughs> go up against like Trump and and show show that they can lead the country. So um, are you are you saying that you don't believe any of the candidates right now have what it takes to beat Trump? Really? No. <laughs> I, I really don't think so. Um I know many other people um would disagree with me and say that any of them could beat Trump. Um I am very skeptical. Like I just I don't see it. I think this is a very weak primary. And I think evidence of that weak primary is the fact that despite not being on the debate stage, uh Michael Bloomberg has bought his way into the election and he's pulling at 10% despite not never showing his face on the debate stage. That is saying something about the stage of this he's primary. Ten percent right now. I think in maybe in one poll he pulled out ten percent. Okay. Um, but that was like in the past few days, and that's extremely alarming to me. Right. He's in fifth, fifth or fourth place already. I'm like, what is this? Hello? Uh, Someone can buy their way into the election, okay. and no one on the debate stage can do anything about it. How sad is that, really? Uh, I would argue. I think I, I somewhat disagree with you, and I feel like the top three, um, what is it, Biden, Warren, and uh, Bernie, whoever comes out on top might have a chance to win against Trump, but not based solely on what they're promising their campaigns or their, you know, their resume. I think if one of them is going to win, it's going to come down to this idea that we need to get Trump up. Like this this push from not only the Democrat side, but some on the Republican side uh, of that no matter what, no matter who becomes the next president or what happens, we have to get Trump out. I think that's possible. But I, I just have less faith in that idea. I think people are still willing to just stay home and skip the general um because i mean again the economy's it's fine i mean right it's not it doesn't work for everyone right but it's it's still low unemployment i mean you know you're still out there with your iphone 10s and right (laughs) ordering doordash every night and whatnot you're still donating to your favorite live streamer and Mm -hmm. you have your spotify premium and your hulu plus account no matter how much you want to complain about the economy things aren't as bad as what everyone's making it out to be Mm -hmm. and it's very hard to win when uh the incumbent is working with a good economy obama is an anomaly of that like he still managed to win despite having a weak economy in 2012. So, I mean, it was improving every year, but it was still yeah. weak. It was the Obama effect. And that's why I say uh, foreign, poli- foreign policy is a, a big thing that I'm looking for because, you know, the economy is, is it's not perfect. It doesn't work mm. for everyone. And there, right. there could be some, there's some good ideas out there and some changes that would benefit it. 
right now I feel like that's not the pressing issue. The press the pressing issue for me is um our foreign policy, how we're gonna fix how we're gonna fix that, how are we gonna, you know, regain the trust of our allies and Absolutely. not look like complete dickheads anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean I agree with you, no one right none of the candidates right now are are showing me that no one is talking as much about foreign policy and how they're going to fix things as much as I'd like. <clears throat> so I think it's safe to say that you're not, you, if you're going to vote, you're going to be voting independent. Oh, I'm, I'm not voting. Right now. I'm not voting third party. I'll, I'll most likely like 99% chance, probably hundred percent chance be voting Democrat in the general election. But I'm not. I'm not changing my party affiliation to vote in the primary for anyone, so that they can persevere. So, do you agree with the idea of no matter what, we need to get Trump out of office? We need to vote for his opponent, no matter who that is. Yes. Okay. See, I I don't really like that idea very much. I'm the type of person that. I would still vote for an independent that I know has no chance of winning over the Democrat uh, nominee because this idea of, you know, it doesn't, this election, all that matters is getting Trump out. Uh, I feel like it, it kind of goes against what this whole process is for, you know, it's for voting for the person who best represents you i feel that not just not going with the flow not going with what people tell you to Mm -hmm. or not going with this idea of voting for the lesser of two evils absolutely vote let's just not vote for the evil and i mean um i don't know who was it some old white dude a long time ago, maybe George Washington said, <laughs> to, not let, to not let two parties become the, uh, you know, the main fucking, I have no idea what he said in words, but basically don't let it get to where it is now. Don't right. let it be either Democrats or Republicans. Because back then it was, it was fucking whatever party. Federalists, I think, and anti-federalists. Yeah, it was I think and, something like that, or like uh, Federalists and Democratic Republicans. I mean, there was multiple. There wasn't just two, and those something parties like back then, you know, had a much more fair chance of winning than nowadays. And I, I'm pretty sure it was George Washington who said it. Yeah, um, to he was not against. Let, he was against. Yeah. the two-party system. And that's one of the reasons why I'm an independent. Like I was, I'm still am against it, but it, wow. and it's just it just doesn't seem, I guess, practical to me to remain an independent. Um, I, I understand I where you're yeah. coming from. I understand the idea. You know, it, we we have to come together and we have to fix what we messed up in 2016, mm-hmm. and. But at the same time, uh, I might be persuaded into that idea. But for right now, I want to kind of stick to my ideals and vote for who I feel like best represents me, not just for who could beat Trump, you know? Okay. 
And I mean, uh, obviously, for everyone who's listening, me and Zeph, we uh, we're not in favor of Trump. Yeah, that's that's clear. My my opinion has of him has wavered throughout you know these four years. At first, of course, I was on the bag the bandwagon of fuck Trump, blah blah blah, orange man bad. But <laughs> as time went on, I started to I started to like him a little more because in 2016 they people painted him as like as basically the I mean they do this every year with every candidate but they painted him as the antichrist you know like he was going to start uh world war 3 he was going to destroy everything the economy is ruined everyone move to canada right now move to zimbabwe cuz it's and as the years have gone by of course not that he not as the years have gone by none of that crazy shit's happened and it's not because you know he's a great president i feel like some of it's because he didn't really get much he didn't do a lot of the things that he wanted to do i mean he did a lot of things that he wanted to do but like the big whole wall thing that didn't really get through yet Nothing catastrophic has happened. So I started, my opinion on him started to get positive. But then as, you know, this cycle is closing in and we're now in 2020, I feel like lately he's been doing a lot of mess ups, you know, kind of scrambling to to finish the promises he made in 2016 and to have things like, you know, um, killing... Muhammad Jihad number two in Iran, <laughs> you know, getting things like that so that he can argue, look, I did this, you know, in my my four years. This is what I was able to accomplish. Give me four more years and I'll give you even more. But I feel like he's been scrambling to get those things so much that it's led to a few mistakes that I just can't overlook. Um, do you, Has your opinion of on him changed at all were you always against him or did you go through the same emotions i went through i was always on the negative now that how negative it was kind of fluctuated a little bit right um but um like i never went positive i never was like you know yeah i I still praise him for certain things um if we if we kill the uh if we kill the war criminal for free i can't really help but to kind of at least like i i think the initial idea is wrong but um the result the results are there like how can i not off you know you can't help but say good job you can't help but get right right and that's unfortunate but it is what it is um and so I don't know. So, but it's it's been more, it's been negative. But at times, I just kind of disconnected and been less passionate, um, rather than rather than just becoming like for him. It was just like okay, I'm just the media. I I don't know. Media's the media's a mess. They're wilding out. Not as bad as everyone's making it out to be, you know. Um, but yeah, I. 
as this year's close uh, as last year's closed off uh, i've become a little anti-trump and i do think that it won't be catastrophic if he wins i don't i'm not of the opinion that it'll be catastrophic if it, if he wins but i feel like it probably it would probably be best if he didn't you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um i feel like he's a good if anything he he's a good he's a good reason to bring us all back together you know to see what we let happen in the past four years and for us to go, okay, now we need to make a change because obviously the he won because of a separation of, I feel like, of people in the country. You know, we've felt very divided. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't feel represented. And there are a whole lot of issues, but I feel like after this, we can, we can start on the track of, you know, coming back together and really fixing the issues that we have as a whole instead of this whole us against them mentality. I hope that's the case. Of course, that's very wishful thinking. That's not how things play out all the time, but I'm hoping that, you know, this is this will be the lesson that we need to start on that road. I really hope so. So is there any candidates right now that you're looking at not because you necessarily like them, but because they're they're just weird or just like <laughs> interesting. You know what I mean? I think that I, mean, I don't like it. I don't like any candidates. So nothing I say is an endorsement. Right. Uh, I not might that you're say, endorsing, but just yeah, like, I might say like, I might say a few positives. I mean, of course, Biden has plenty of experience, um, right. and he has foreign policy backgrounds. So if you're looking for someone to rebuild al- uh, our relationship with allies, he's probably the one you're looking for. Um, right. If you are anti-war completely, you know, no context needed, I guess Bernie Sanders is your candidate or Warren. They both are 100%, well, I believe Warren is, yeah, 100% anti-war. Um, that's, that's, that's all I can really say about them in terms of positives. Um, Klobuchar... To me, seems honest, but she has no path to the nomination at all. Um, uh, she, I don't see her building a coalition outside of the Midwest. Um, and I guess she has a good relationship with the Senate. Right. That's about it me on her but she seems honest so i don't dislike her but i don't like her either um andrew yang yang gang. yang gang um i think that he gets a decent like if you look at his support he gets pretty even numbers across the board a democrat independent republican um in terms of favorables and um like in open primaries, uh, open primary states, he polls well, uh, not well, but he polls equally, almost equally with all three bases. So 
if I were to say something about him, he seems like a very likable candidate. Um, right. And he has a very new perspective. Um, and I think that if you are a Democrat or Republican or even an independent, I think you want him in your inner circle. Um, even, even if you don't necessarily care for universal basic income, his thoughts on um, automation, I think, are very important. Um, and I've, I've been saying that he needs a bit more coverage, even if he doesn't win. And I don't, I don't even think he's like qualified to be president, but I think he, he says a lot of things that are very important that needs to be looked at. Right. Um, I feel like he's he's less of a nominee in my eyes and more of like he's he's giving good ideas, you know. Mm -hmm. He's a breath of fresh air because all these fucking old people they have, <laughs> they have no idea. I feel like a lot of them are still using typewriters. I swear. <laughs> I swear some of them still have their beepers. Oh my god. He's Oh yeah, to put it um to uh, put some context on that as well. The top three candidates are all at least 70 years old. Um, See, it's called a, a I'm going to say this word wrong, a drontocracy. Huh. The rule where it basically means when all the leaders are significantly older than the adult population. And we are most definitely based on the definition, a gerontocracy, son of a bitch. And I feel like that's uh, no one looks at that. No one, every. I feel like it's really normal to us that the president is usually like two hundred years old, and <laughs> everyone in Congress is like you know a million years old. But I feel like that is uh. That's not a good thing. I feel like we're missing out on a lot of new and young ideas because of this rule, you know, this rule of old people. Do you like uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Um, I'm a fake fan. Would you like to explain? <laughs> oh, um, she's, I don't know if she's the youngest member, but she's one of the youngest members of Congress. Um. I'm not a I'm not really a fan, but um, I think she provides a lot of representation for some people that are younger and maybe have a bit more need for some energy and 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 um, and activism, I guess, in Congress. See, I, don't, I think that she's um, her issue is that I mean she's a she's new to Congress and she's already starting up some ruckus and then you and then she's not building a career for herself and you look at some of the other members that of congress that are newer like ayanna presley i'd say she's one of my favorite congress women or congress people in general um she's building something for herself regardless if you agree with her physicians or not she's you know respectable she's careful she's cautious she's uh, conscientious about what she says she doesn't splice words right. um and she just she carries an inspiring aura um especially to people that look like her um and then even those who don't so she's clearly building a national profile for herself but like i just don't feel the same way about 
Um, AOC, um, regardless of what you think of their policies, I'm just thinking about their long-term goals. If they actually want to get something done, they want to remain in Congress, of course, right? Well, yeah. So, I'm, you know, you have to think about that as well. You want your legacy to last. You don't want to be a one-term Congress person. Right. Well, I'm not saying that we need more Zoomers in Congress and we need right. you know, a, a 25-year-old president or anything. <laughs> I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking more of the, the process and the system. I feel like we need more of a more younger ideas to sort of speed up and really uh what's that word i'm thinking of um uh, really speed up and efficient make make the process more efficient the system more efficient you know what i mean <clears throat> because i'm i keep memeing that they have typewriters but i'm <laughs> sure a lot of them are still doing things in a very old fashioned way Absolutely. You know, technology is moving at at a very fast rate. You know, we get smarter and smarter every day. There's a new iPhone every fucking year. <laughs> I feel like we need not more Zoomers and more young people in the government, but we need more influence of, you know, young ideas and uh, ways. Uh, Andrew Yang kind of talks about the same thing. Right. Just to autonomize and make the system more efficient. Mm -hmm. And that we need to, we need new ideas that accommodate people who lose jobs because of auto, uh, automation. Right. So. So uh, let's talk about this big thing on the Democratic side. Just how are they going to pay for all this shit? <laughs> um they aren't um no but <laughs> Andrew um, yang wants to give everybody a thousand dollars a month you know fuck inflation uh yeah. warren wants to i mean her uh, we were look we were trying to find the numbers what was it yesterday with her uh health care situation everyone says something different right bernie He's just rambling on. I don't know what's going. At one point, he wants to give everybody, you know, he wants to exempt everybody of their student loans and make college free. At another point, he's talking about his son's clam chowder. I have no idea what Bernie wants. But, uh, I know it's going to be expensive. What do you think of this? Just this idea among the democrats of just like free free give you give you you know what i mean well the democrats at least the far left democrats um believe that if you give somebody something to fight for regardless if it's um attainable then people will flock to um flock to them and so uh i don't think that they are right about that. I think people do care about what comes out of their paycheck and into the government's uh, wallets. And they want to make sure that what they're paying for is not going to impact their financial situation too much. And also that um, it does actually benefit us. I don't believe that 
the American people are convinced that taking away private insurance is no. the answer. No, I, there's very few people, at least very few educated people who know what's actually going on are for that. And that that was kind of mean, but uh, fuck you. <laughs> um, um, I feel like they're really just trying to grasp, like I said, the uneducated, at least in this topic, people and the people who are kind of ignorant and they just see blue Democrat and they say, that's who I'm voting for. They see blue Democrat. They want to give me a thousand dollars a month in free college tuition. <laughs> Let's go, boys. What's interesting about that is that, um, so if you look at their constituencies, um, Warren attracts college-educated voters, like predominantly, and then Bernie attracts, uh, un like more uneducated voters. Right. Um, so they both kind of like share that same like far left coalition, but just different levels of education, but they kind of both stand for very similar things. And that's really confusing to me. I don't know why um, there's that split, but hey, um, I guess because Bernie, voter, Bernie voters are more likely to be even younger than Warren yeah. voters, and like I think, uh, 18, 19, haven't graduated college yet. Um, and I think Bernie is, is trying to actually target those types of people. You know what I'm saying? Like I... I I listened to this this uh, podcast. One episode was about uh, California. The majority behind white is Hispanic, and how Bernie is uh, his plan for trying to get those Hispanic voters on his side. You know what I mean? Okay. And I feel like uh, his his little group is kind of based on who he's targeting, but I don't think it's really helping him. Like. Spanish people, at least the old Spanish people, are very conservative. That's their ideals. And, uh, you know, sorry, not sorry, but they're also kind of ignorant and uneducated. At least the older ones. And so he... He's not the politics... He's not the candidate that they're going for, you know? If they're going for somebody, it's going to be Biden because he is the big name. Everybody recognizes right. him. He's Obama guy. He's got his big Obama shield. The Obama shield. The Obama shield. And I feel like I feel like that's probably going to hurt Bernie as well because of the people he's targeting for, you know, to be on his side. I don't think those people necessarily want to be on his side. He's already built up his group, and I don't see his group getting any bigger. Mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's how i felt um since the beginning of the primary that he has no room to expand although um he's starting to grow a little bit piece by piece um either way whatever uh, I, I do want to talk about uh the iowa caucus which oh, is yeah. happening in just a couple of weeks i think february 3rd um and I want to talk about each candidate's path outside of that. I think Biden does not need to win Iowa to win the general election at all. I, especially since he's close to the top, he's tied. Biden is going to be, you know, one of the two. 
no matter what. Right. One of the top he, two. He doesn't have something to worry anything to worry about. Um the other candidates, I think Warren needs Iowa. I think Klobuchar needs Iowa. I think Buttigieg needs Iowa, who I forgot to talk about earlier. Um and Bloomberg probably needs Iowa. Everyone besides Biden and maybe Bernie need Iowa to win. And if they don't win, then they should probably drop out the next day. Um, I feel like uh, if Bernie wins Iowa, then we will know. It's probably going to be a Biden-Bernie, you know, fight to the top. I do think Bernie needs New Hampshire because that's his neighboring state. Warren also needs New Hampshire for sure. And again, if she doesn't get New Hampshire, she should drop out the next day. Um, (laughs) But... Um. Yeah, Biden is guaranteed to win South Carolina, in my opinion, and Nevada might be close. And then there's California, which is close. Um, which is on Super Tuesday, and I, I don't know what, where it goes from there, but I think that it's a two-person race right now. Yeah, it's uh, this one is seeming to be pretty predictable. I mean. Of course, Trump is going to be on the Republican side, and it's going to be a most likely a Bernie Biden fight. Yeah, for the win. And all right, I feel like based on what I know, based on what I know about our country, it's probably going to be Biden because he's just the safe pick. Mm-hmm. He's just the easy. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to research. I know that right. guy. He is Obama man, so that's what for. <laughs> he is blue, and he is Obama. Absolutely, he is Obama. I think. What'd you say? He'll be the uh, second black man. Yeah, he'll be uh, the second <laughs> black president. <laughs> second black president. Um, yeah. If you've seen, if you've seen some of the videos of him in a black church, that mess is like. <laughs> It's it's kind of it's wonders like it's it's really weird to see it's like dang he's really comfortable. <laughs> Biden, yo, he's black, bro. Listen, after oh. after Obama became president, the black community accepted him with open arms. <laughs> he said, You're one of us yeah. now. They gave him the N word card. <laughs> they really did. They really oh. did. <sighs> so um, quickly. What yes. do you think Hillary Clinton's uh, involvement in this race is? I think, uh, I mean, she's been mostly quiet up until a few days ago. Although that interview took place about two months ago. Right. She doesn't want Bernie to win, of course. Um, seething. Seething. Um, that's all I have to say. I don't know. <laughs> That's that's pretty much her only involvement. I'm I'm sure she's doing fundraisers for the Democratic Party. Um, right. Because the DNC doesn't know how to make itself money. So, yeah, it's, they're they're a mess. But she's, she's just sitting on the sidelines, pissed, dude. She dropped. If if do you think if she came into uh, this race that she would have a good chance? I think she could come in. She could do. She could be top three. Um. In the primary, right? I mean, but I, I don't know. Outside of that, I feel like I I agree with you. I feel like she'd probably be top three, but I would doubt her ability to win. I mean, right? She, even if it isn't the truth, 
everyone saw her as after 2016 as like a huge failure like how did you drop the ball mm-hmm. granted you know the polls were very uh very misinformed there was a lot of misinformation going around Absolutely. The media wasn't covering things correctly you know we had the wool over our eyes everyone thought that she was a shoe in when in reality when you look back at it she really wasn't so it wasn't completely her fault but i feel like most people still see it as her fault yeah i think yeah people still have that bad taste but I'm not, i don't know anymore everything's so unpredictable but and everything that I've said is my opinion alone. This is not a fact. I'm not. Um, I'm not the gospel. Everything um, we've said is gospel. Uh, you have to vote yes. for who we vote for. If you don't, you're <laughs> retarded. You're stupid. Um, you're ugly. Give me your money. And uh, Mike Pence, 2020. Oh, Mike Pence. It's gonna be a uh, Nikki Haley on the ballot. I guarantee you. Nikki Minaj. I'm not. I'm not gonna... Yeah, yeah, that too. Where's um, Cardi B at? She was running. She? <laughs> Where's B Kanye? Where Kanye had? Kanye, Kanye, twenty twenty. Um, That's all the uh, topics I had listed for politics. Uh, do you have anything else you might want to talk about regarding that issue? I'm ready to move on from politics. You're ready I feel like I'm on? about to. I'm about to have a bad taste in my mouth. I'm ready to throw up. I'm ready to throw up. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's it really is. Politics is the one topic. That really pisses me off. Yeah. Really pisses me off. It's all because of that rapist, Donald Trump. <laughs> that rapist. <laughs> um, so let's uh let's simmer down and chill out with uh music. Oh yes. Uh... So I'll start. Who was uh your artist of twenty nineteen? Um so there were, there were two artists that really stood out to me, but my number one, um was Ari Lennox. She's kind of new to the scene. She's a DC artist, R&B artist. Uh, she released an album titled Shea Butter Baby uh, with lead single Shea Butter Baby with a feature of J. Cole. It's the smoothest thing. It's smooth like butter. Um, smoothest thing you'll ever listen to. Give it a listen. It's fire. It's smooth. You, you're going to feel extremely black after listening to extremely it extremely um, black <laughs> um and so yeah she's good she's nice just listen give it a listen give it a shot um, before you continue it's safe to say that r&b is your favorite genre right without a doubt without a doubt see zeph is so smooth and so many his voice his height his political views so intelligent uh-huh. so smooth Zeph slaves white pussy. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um <laughs> well my second my second uh, artist uh would have to be Summer Walker. She released her second album, I think, titled Over It. It's nice, it's smooth, it's kinda new. It's uh I mean new sounds. It's not like ever, most things that you've heard of, but it's also it also has kind of a uh, early two thousands feel uh in terms of where r&b was at the time and so you might feel some throwbacks especially with uh coming through i think that's no come through come through 
is the title of the song with Usher. You're definitely gonna feel those early thousands vibes. Those early thousands vibes. Um, those are good. Those are good vibes. Yeah, and then she's she was featured on Rick Ross's album, which is really good. Uh, if you're into hip hop, uh, and a few other features, but yeah. My uh, my artist of 2019, if I go strictly off of what Spotify told me, because what they say is law, was mm. Earl Sweatshirt, which is kind of a normie pick, but I'll uh, I'll accept it because his last album, uh, you know Earl Sweatshirt, right? Yeah. His last album, uh, well, not last, but the one before the last one, some rap songs which was a 2018 album, by the way. So for him to be my 2019 is kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was really good. It was um, it was something new. It was something very him, something very new that, you know, you, you're not going to listen to that album and think of anyone else but Earl Sweatshirt. And right. it had this effect to me of, See, I'm a person that I like. Hip-hop is my main genre. That's my favorite. That's just okay, what I okay. grew up in. Um, and I'm the person that looks very deeply in the lyrics, what they're telling me, what they're trying to say. And the the sounds and the beats that are accompanying it to, you know, what the beats are trying to tell you. Because the lyrics are telling you one thing, and the sounds and the beats are, they are either relaying a different message or it's a message in its own. You know what I mean? Right. And the album, for some reason, not only came off as very, you know, something that you could really look into and read what he's trying to say, but also something that you can have in the background, something that's very good recreationally which is hard to do uh, to make music that is both good for recreational listening, just to, you know, zone out to play, not really think too much about, and something that you can actually think about and look into. So I think mm -hmm. that's why that uh, Earl Sweatshirt was my Spotify top of 19. As for someone that I thought about a lot in 2019... Um, I would have to say it's also kind of another normie pick, but for some reason, 2019, I, I was listening to a lot of Post Malone. Um, this is painting me out to be not very much a, a rap intellectual, but it's just the way it is. The, mm. the reason why Post Malone was big on my mind is not necessarily that, like, I love him and I think he's amazing, but I feel like he's a he's somewhat of a a breath of fresh air in our very Drake dominated rap culture right now. Oh yeah, I'm I've been over Drake for the past five years. <laughs> All right, this guy has nothing new to say. He's got nothing new to provide. It's just Drake, and to see Post Malone climbing and actually beating him in a lot of numbers and streams and album sales and whatnot uh if if post malone wasn't doing that i wouldn't care about him 
but because he is sort of taking over Drake as this, you know, hip hop leader, some people would say that he's not hip hop. I would say that that's that's how he got big. So that's how he will forever be seen as as a rapper. Okay. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like he's a breath of fresh air. He's giving something new for the general, you know, mainstream culture. And that's why uh, he was probably one of the tops of 2019 and if i have to pick someone who isn't uh sort of out there hold on uh, i mean he's kind of out there but you know not as popular as uh vince staples you know vince staples right yeah uh, another album that came out in 2018 fm that was still my 2019 bop right there that album slapped hard I have it in my backlog. I still haven't listened to it. How much would you recommend it? I recommend it 10 out of 10. It's very short. I think it's only 30 minutes. Okay. Short but sweet. It's like... It's got bangers, dude. The first song... hard. It's, it's a very recreational listen. It's not deep. It's not... Lyrical, blah, blah, blah. But, um... It's it's just very good. I don't know. It, it's very Vince Staples. What he wanted to do, he did, and it came out very nice. Okay. So I recommend it. Lofi said, Normie would be Tyler, not Earl. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, if you're putting those two up and you're saying which one's more Normie, of course it's Tyler. But uh, I feel like for the... Tyler's normie in the mainstream, right? Rap. In the not mainstream, a little more underground, Tyler is the more not Tyler, uh I think I switched the two. In the mainstream, you know, normie community, Tyler would be normie. And in the lower underground kind of community, Earl would be the normie one. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, those were my top. Okay, okay. Bunch of 2018 albums, but what can I say? 2018 was a good year for music. 2018 was. It's really hard to be 2018. Very hard to be 2018. I agree, Lofi. Earl, is uh, he's fire. Very good. So let's talk about, um, you, ha- you use Spotify, right? I use Apple Music predominantly, but I still um, copy my playlist over to Spotify. I don't get you Apple Music people. <laughs> it's like hey, Spotify's here, and they're like, I made you, you know, five playlists today. About, you know, your favorite. I compiled all the data. I know who your favorite genre is and who your favorite artist is, and I made you 10 playlists. Uh, please love me. I love you, Daddy, so much. And Apple's like, oh, here you go, faggot. Here's uh, here's some songs or whatever. <laughs> you. Yeah. My dude, Spotify makes you a daily playlist and a daily commuting playlist. Not only mixed in with some of your favorite songs, but some of the songs, yo, I played the commute playlist once, the first one, and I was like, yo, Spotify really going off. 
Like they played not only stuff that I was listening to at the time, but they played classic bangers at the same time. Like, yo, you remember this from 2016? And I was like, chill out, dude. This is I'm just trying to drive home. Like I'm I'm in here bopping right now. And they throw in little podcast podcast clips and stuff and daily news and whatnot. Spotify is on the grind for your love. Can I just say something? Um, right. Please get this man a Spotify sponsorship. <laughs> Can I be sponsored? You will be your number one spokesperson. I Listen, promise you. I I just can't. I don't know. Spotify is too good. They really care about you. They really do. Absolutely. Shoot, I might have to. I might have to pick up Spotify. Now. I think you gotta pick it up some more. You gotta. You know, there's a learning curve to Spotify. You gotta be just as active as they are. You gotta dislike the songs you don't like. You gotta like the ones that you do. Okay. You 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 know it's a give take relation relationship that I'm not very good at at times. But if you put in the work that Spotify's putting in, you're gonna have banging playlists, 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 playlists made for you. You don't even gotta do the work. I'm, I'm glad. That's my um, rant on Spotify. Nice. Take it how you want. Absolutely. But, uh, um, so uh, before this rant, I was asking you if you had a uh, if Spotify gave you an artist of the decade. Artist of the decade. Why didn't you spot? Didn't you Spotify before last year? Um, so it wouldn't be the most accurate, but. I'd assume it would be Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. Uh, would yeah. you say that is the most accurate for you? Um, for the decade, yeah, because I don't really see any other artists that like that controlled the decade, like had constant coverage and just um, was promoting and pushing albums constantly to the point where they like just... the R and B community. Yeah, in the R and B community, yeah, I'm sure it's different in hip hop, like. Didn't they? Didn't some somebody names like Drake as artist of the decade? Yeah. Um, so I I don't know, but yeah, no one in R and B was as consistent as she was. Wait, wait, wait! But uh, in my opinion, are you are you a uh, low key bad mouthing Frank Ocean right now? Uh, no. What's your opinion on him? Um. Oh, I, I feel I feel some. I feel some. I, uh, I, just, I don't. I don't. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I, Zef, I just don't know. Zev, you got listen. Have you have to. No, don't dodge this, Zev. This is. I know you're afraid of the mob, but you have <laughs> to tell me. You don't like Frank Ocean. I don't like or dislike him. I. I think that's more offensive. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. I'm sorry. That's yeah, great. There you go. See, Frank Frank Ocean Maybe is uh, a shot or something, but I uh, I'm not his number one fan. But I don't hate him. He's uh he's good. He's very good. His voice is very nice. But uh, he's uh he's hit or miss for me. I have like a couple of his songs in my playlist that I really like. And the rest of them just don't really hit it for. Me. Okay. 
But uh, if you say that around these Zoomers, you're going to get crucified. Yo, my bad, but... All right, put me put me on a couple songs then. If if you really are if you are a Frank Ocean stan, let me let me know what what's uh what's is really there, with. Is there uh, any artists you want to put anyone listening on to right now? Um, I mean, of course, Ari Lennox. I think if you are a fan of R and B and you haven't heard um, her, capital H, period E, period R period um <laughs> then then you're missing out like she's just so smooth her voice is just extremely pleasant to listen to she has the uh solid production right, and she's right. just she's looking like a queen of r&b into the next decade um she released a uh i wouldn't really call it an album but more of a collection of um, EPs uh, that she released over the course of the last two years and it's pretty nice it's called um, oh my god I already, already forgot it's okay. but yeah maybe I'll remember soon <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to know her you used to know her, excuse me. I used to know her is the title of the collection. Oh, okay. I I thought you were making a statement. I used to know her. I was like, uh, is that? Excuse me? Excuse me? She's pretty young too. She's like in her early twenties. So she's she's gonna be here for a while, I think. Ooh. Queen. See, so my artists of the decade from Spotify. Uh, was very accurate and uh, very weird as well. I don't know if you have an artist or a band or something similar to this for you, Zeph, but mm -hmm. mine was a band called AJJ, which stands for Andrew Jackson Jihad. Oh. <laughs> this, this band is really weird. Right. Um... I found them in my senior year of high school when I was very musically active. I was consuming whatever I could, listening to like three new albums every day, just just consuming media, right? But AJJ is this band, very uh, not well known, very small. And the best way I can explain their genre is like is punk folk. Like you know what folk music is? Uh sure. <laughs> sure. I mean I like I've heard it before, but like, like I, I couldn't put a face to it or anything. Like the I'll just set I'll just say this. I went to a concert of theirs, right? It was two guys, one with a an acoustic guitar. And another one with a bass. One of those big ass, you know, they look like big ass guitars, a bass. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That's that's all they had. Wow. And that shit was rocking, dude. Like we were we were bumping in that tiny ass venue. But the reason why is their their music is like comically depressing, right? It's very their lyrics are very real real. They're really uh, relevant. 
and they talk about talk about sort of depressing topics i would say in a very funny way though like it's like something that you would listen to when you know it's it's hard to explain even as a super fan it's hard to explain their music and so i made a playlist of their essentials for this podcast when i were so that i can link to everyone listening if they want to give them a shot to hear some of their main music and really the the only way to understand them is to listen for uh for a while and is to listen to a couple of their songs and if you go through the playlist and you listen and you need someone to comfort you while you listen to their music my dms are open because some of their songs are a lot to take in it's it's a very weird sound but some people will really come to appreciate it that's all i can say i don't know uh if you have anything similar for you zef anyone that is really out there that you really enjoy um i mean the first person that comes to mind is sia um but she's not like she's almost mainstream like she's she toes that line of weird and mainstream um and she's not r&b she's not hip-hop or any of that um but she always comes back to me like i always like every year i always revisit her her songs her music her style um and it's just nice it's powerful it can be emotional um but it's it's uh comforting as well right but not the same comfort that R&B gives, but close and and good enough, I guess. Yeah. Is there any other genres that you like to step out of, from besides? Uh, I mean, that you like to step into besides R&B. Um, I mean, I like hip hop. Uh, and then some pop occasionally. Yeah, I mean, you know, pop but popular music. Else. Occasionally, you'll listen to it. I've a. Uh, I used to be a strictly hip hop rap type of person and I've tried to sort of expand myself. AJJ was one of the first reaches outside of the hip hop culture that I took in. I was very happy to land there. Um but yeah, as for me as well, there's not really much outside of hip hop and R&B that uh, I really get into, which is kind of sad. I like to broaden my my spectrum. Everyone should look to broaden yourself in your music your music taste. I feel absolutely. Like. Um, I think that I think you can make a bigger point about that. Like you could say that everyone should want to broaden their skill set as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Just increase it's, your knowledge. Um, uh, there's a music. Very- I mean, you could argue the same thing for wine right like acquire certain tastes for food understand this so that you can um connect better with others um and then acquire skill sets so you can broaden your uh ability to make money because everyone wants money damn zef you really so, going in right now i really am but it's true I mean, the, 
the over the broad term of just trying new things, putting yourself out there. Don't stay stuck in your own little your own little box, your own little culture, you know? Uh be mm-hmm. diverse. Is there anything uh do you ever run into an issue where like you're listening to you know your your hits, your essentials, your bangers, but you feel like you kind of need a palate cleanser, you need something else to sort of take in? Um like something new or yeah, maybe something like, new or something different from what you're usually listening to. I'd say C is partially that palate cleanser. Right. Um, revisiting her every year, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about that, actually. Well, I was, for me, right, after... Uh, a while of listening to the you know my favorite artists or if nothing really new has come on the radar i like to uh hop on over to my piano playlist okay so there's a couple artists pianoists pianists that i like to listen to and uh i i really like piano music it's very it can be soothing, but it can also be it it can make you feel more emotions than just soothing, right? Because a lot of people right. when they think of piano music, they think of like relaxed and stuff like that. But there's a lot more out there in terms of piano music. And one of my favorite artists is a, a guy named Mu. I think it's pronounced M Y U U. Uh, most people will know him as the uh, the guy who makes all the creepy pasta music. Oh. A lot of yeah, a lot of uh, popular YouTubers use his music because he's got a sort of dark piano style, where uh, he makes very very uh, macabre and some sometimes disturbing music but uh it's it always comes off as very nice very skillful right so for Um, me go ahead no no no. i'm sorry i was gonna say for me piano uh is i use that as a palate cleanser when i need something new or some i need a break from what i've been listening to okay um I was actually just thinking about this. The Kingdom Hearts 2 OST. Oh. Um, I've used it twice to clear out my, I guess, musical um, brain cloud, I guess. Like, I don't know right, right. how to explain that. Um, but it's really nice, really explosive, really um, energetic and upbeat to the point where, like, no, no other music can cloud my brain. Like, if you want to cleanse yourself um, of any repeated sounds or like a song stuck in your head, listen to the Kingdom Hearts 2 OST. Um, there's, of course, a mix of just sad um, songs, uh, sounds, and explosive boss fights. So, listen. And the boss fights uh, have some of the greatest sounds I've ever heard in video games so i'm just like oh my lord 
I will say here, and my judgment may be clouded, but Dearly Beloved, the uh, the song from the first Kingdom Hearts game, is the best piano song you will probably ever hear in your life. I'm not mm. talking about the uh, the opening one, the the one with actual lyrics. Uh, I forgot what that one's called. It's um, it's um, like the men, the main menu music in it. It's the right. main theme. It it's the second main theme. Mm, I got you. Yeah, but yeah, dearly beloved, that is an amazing song. And there is many renditions and many different ways people have portrayed it. And all of them are amazing. So uh, if you need another thing to sort of cleanse your palate, I would recommend Song Dearly Beloved. Okay. Is there any other artist that you might want to highlight, might want to talk about? Um, not really. I mean, I'd say my favorite R and B artist right now of all time is Mary J. Blige. Of course, um, of course, the classic. Classic, absolutely. Um, even starting from the '90s, everything has been a bop, been a hit. Is just so good. So she's very consistent. She's released how I don't even know how many albums, like ten or fifteen. Like she's just insane. Um, and she's still at it. She, I think she just released like a collection of old songs, but remade into a 2019 yeah. mix. Uh, into a 2019 mix, so she, uh, she's still at it to this day. Um, if I had to recommend one album, I'd recommend her My Life album. Just bops all around, not a single skippable song, and very smooth. Can be emotional. But it'll make you uh, nod your head a little bit sometimes, you know. Right. Get that head moving. You maybe even get that body moving. Mm. So. I forgot to ask you, uh, what's your opinion on lo-fi music? Oh. Chill lo-fi um, beats to study and relax to. Oh, sure, sure. You know, I have a uh, playlist saved uh, that I just copied from YouTube of lo-fi beats. Uh, I've visited it a couple, a few times. It's it's nice, but it's not like something I'm just constantly have. I have constantly have the urge to go to. Right. But it's good. Yeah, I have nothing negative to say about lo-fi beats. So, and of course they're I, nice. They're hip-hop beats. They're smooth. Right. Um, right. They're chill. No. No. Uh, no lyrics. No words. Yeah, I said my piece about lo-fi music. Uh, I was pretty harsh on it, but. Um, I see it more as a, a gimmicky thing, you know, like Vaporwave was. It's a new trend. Speaking of new trend, what do you think of um the the new trend right now, which is bedroom pop? Bedroom pop? Yeah. I guess I'm not caught up on. You're not caught up. This. No, I'm sorry. Oh, I guess I'm a boomer. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's right. Here's there's something that you can probably go out and try and listen to. Bedroom pop is is a a new zoomer genre culture. You know what I mean? It's 
I would say it's very similar to, yeah, Joji is sort of bedroom pop. Um, let me let me see here. Let me name out some some somewhat popular bedroom pop artists. Uh, what's his name? Kuko is a, a bedroom pop. Do you know Kuko? No. Kuko is one. It's like uh, it's similar to lo-fi in the idea that it's really chill somewhat calming somewhat relaxing it's it's very pleasing to listen to like it hits those okay. brain signals that make you go ah that's nice but i feel like it falls in the same way lo-fi falls where it's a little a little too repetitive a little too much of the same sound um it's it's the same idea being used you know, somewhat over and over. Um, if you listen to one bedroom pop band, most more often than not, the next one you're gonna listen to is very similar. That's at least how. So, I uh, so why should I listen to that over uh, my uh, very sexual songs in R and B? low fees and indirect shade. Uh, my answer to oh. that is you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, uh, as you can tell, bedroom R&B guys. I'm not a fan of bedroom pop. I'm sorry. It's a little too, a little too uh, samey for me. There are bedroom pop bands that I like. There are songs that I like. I will say that, but it's uh, it's too easy. I feel like it's something. It's. Too repetitive, too easy to listen to. Very not offensive. It's not provoking things in your mind or, you know, making you feel too many emotions. It's just like sad boy hours, haha, all the time, you know. I feel that very uh, monotone almost. Yeah, just yeah. It's just, it's hitting those, it's using the correct sounds to hit those brain you know those sensors in your brain that say "Ooh, yeah that sounds good that sounds i will say though boy pablo is one bedroom pop band that i like i won't say i'm in love with i won't say i'm a super fan but i do like boy pablo okay so uh there's some place you could start zeph if you ever feel like diving into that maybe not not sold on Kuko, uh, but I'm not sold on that genre already. Yeah, I didn't but... do that genre very. <laughs> I didn't do it any. I I trashed it, but it's just. Yeah, my I said. Uh, I said. Um, Spotify should give you a sponsorship. Well, whatever, whoever, whatever artist is dealing with bedroom pop should give you the opposite. Yeah, no, they um, should. They should assassinate me. Yeah, I'm leading, I'm leading the. Coalition. The revolution. Yeah, the revolution against <laughs> the bedroom rev- pop. I actually have a playlist on Spotify. It's it's um titled WQCSB, which stands for What Quirky Culture Should Be, because I have this uh, I have this idea that we're living in a quirky culture, where everybody is trying their hardest to stand out and be quirky and interesting. Okay. 
and uh, I feel like the uh, the mainstream bedroom pop artist is what people like to use to, you know, fit into that culture. They're like, look at me. I'm so different. I listen to Kuko, and I have cigarette earrings, and um, I just like smoking weed. You know what I'm talking about? You know that culture? Yeah. So I have a whole playlist. I hate quirky culture so much. I hate the idea of everybody just everybody wanting to be so different that they all end up exactly the same. Right. Uh, I've made a playlist of songs that I feel like represents the actual idea of I always thought that was weird. Like, why is there a name for a group called hipsters? Like, when they're supposed to be extremely different and original yeah. and new, um, but then they're they're all they all can be identified. Isn't the point to not be put into a box? But then they end up accomplishing that goal. Right. See, Star said hipster Alfredo, and I, I don't see myself as a hipster, but I've started to realize. My coworker said it. I've explained this idea of quirky culture and of my music taste to him. And he's like, oh, so you're just a hipster. And I was oh. like, what? No. And he was like, no, dude, you're totally a hipster. And now I'm starting to see it from the other side. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of an asshole. I'm <laughs> off as a hipster. And I hate that. But I mean, what can I do? Mm. I will say if you want a... If you want a... uh hint of what i think quirky culture should be look up the song the book of love by the magnetic fields it's a very short song it's very out there a little weird but i think that's what quirky culture should be i think that's what that fits the definition of quirky not this mainstream bullshit that everyone i hope the chat agrees i doubt the chat agrees I'm a hipster, and I have very unpopular opinions, and that's just the way I am. Sorry. I don't want to be this way. If that doesn't agree, then um, we're going to have to sacrifice that song. Alfredo Cringe. I disagree. You someone <laughs> Already? Please, someone please agree with me. <laughs> I don't want to be this way. Well... Uh, I'm all out of topics for now. We've gone past the two-hour mark. I knew this was going to be a long one. We just had too much shit to talk about. Mm. But uh, any closing topics you might want to talk about? Anything you didn't get to say? Um, well, we're doomed. Uh, and this is, we're doomed. This is, <laughs> this is the year to be depressed. There's no um, hope, guys. There's no hope. You just um, forget it. It's done. Speaking of that. Andrew Jackson Jihad AJJ just released an album in 2020 called Good Luck Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and the last song is it's the last song the message is exactly that. Good luck cuz we're fucked. Oh. So That's uh, good. There's no hope. We're all doomed. Stay on Discord. Ignore the outside world because it's not getting any better. Uh, feel comfortable in your your hentai fantasies, your little online community. 
and just wait for the sweet release of death. Absolutely. Well, this yeah. is a very fun episode. Thank you for being on, Zeph. Um, You're so welcome. I love you. Anyone? I love everyone here. And uh, just to shout out something, uh, the sign-up deadline for the next event is coming very soon. Everybody hop on. Everybody. If you don't have a team yet, hop on. Free Nitro. Come on. It's Free it's, Nitro for the winner. Um, you're losing out on not hopping on. And free Nitro Classic for the, uh, the runner-up. So I think it's a very good deal, clearly. Um, and it can't hurt. The only thing you'll lose is your time, but you'll have exactly. lots of fun and you're playing league anyways you'll make some uh free free you'll get some free stuff okay and who doesn't want free stuff i mean come on you know, exactly. like bernie is second place right now because people want free stuff so if you why, don't have a team free stuff make sure you dm zeph he will try and help you find a team um other than that yeah everybody thanks for listening to the second episode of the euphoria podcast we will see you next time on episode three.